Okay, so today is Wednesday, August the 19th, 2020. This is episode number... What is this episode number, Minion? We're supposed to be numbering things from now on. Oh, well, that's the one thing. Um... <laughs> I think it's 11. Might be... T- Might be 12. <laughs> no I idea. Okay, so it's something like 10 or 11 right now. And uh, we went looking through archives, and as we were starting things up, we decided that the dis well, okay, I decided that the discussion for how we would do things is probably worth recording for something like posterity. Again, I, I like the idea of having um, a kind of insider's discussion about how things are evolving as things do with the understanding that when you pursue something sooner or later, you're going to get better at it. If uh, some part of the time you use is reserved for improvement. So if, if all you're doing is the task, the main task, and that's 100% of your time and you're, you don't have any optimization time. Yeah. You're just going to be stagnant and it, it's the one checklist that never gets improved. It'll be awful. Um, but we've we've willfully set aside some time. I mean, this this isn't a full-time job, and it doesn't interfere with jobs. So there's spare time. And so the spare time wasn't just allocated towards this. The spare time there is additional spare time, even if it's like uh, weekends, right? You can you can look into the archives probably if yeah, you want. I'd have you to can plug look in the thing way. right now. I well okay. Uh, um, that shouldn't be your only source of that stuff either. It's twelve. Really? Okay. Yes. So here, here we go. Number twelve. Um, like and an so there, there, there's an inevitability to our improvement, and the and I knew that upfront because we had talked before before doing the podcast. It's like we. And by we, I mean I would chat, would talk so much that it was worth our founding a podcast over. And so as we were deciding to make it real, we would record this stuff. So we actually have not just the 12 here, but since May 2020, uh, we've had a series of discussions that has become more and more regular with the timing and the, but it was never released. It was never released because we were also figuring out what the content, kind of the character, the mood of the show would be. Um, because there are, I mean, there there is a difference in competition and there's a, a different sort of audience and this kind of thing. So it really does depend. Um, and it's possible for us to evolve to something else, of course. Just like spending a little bit of time optimizing something that you're working on, there has to be a kind of acceptance of either. So improving means that you accept that you weren't as good as you could be. And you need to step away from the kind of uh, the suffering, the regret that that brings. Cause when you, when you start a new thing out, you're going to be bad at it this is normal. This is, of course, you're going to be bad at it. You've never done it before. It's possible that because you've got such um, extraordinary expertise at something related, 
that you can start something new and actually be pretty good at it. And a lot of, a lot of artists are like that when they're tinkering with a new, uh, a new technique or a different a medium or, and it's just neighboring enough. Like you can imagine that somebody who's uh, exceptional at painting with acrylic would be, might start off pretty well with uh, watercolor, even though they're very, very different. Um, and it depends on the person. It depends on the thing. And so uh, I can't remember why. <laughs> My train of thought is room for improvement. So the, the idea of starting off working on something completely new is, of course, of course you're not going to be any good at it. Of course. And it and it's okay. And that's one of the differences between adults and children is that uh, children don't even have to think about it. They've lived life day after day with the kind of excitement slash confusion that the world is incomprehensible. Like it's it's so expansive that I mean, I don't think they fully appreciate the fact that it's just so expansive that they can't actually know everything even peripherally and it's very very likely that anything that they're interested in any one thing if they were to drop everything else and only focus on that one thing they probably won't be as expert as they might never catch up to the cutting edge of the field for adults they might never do that um life life is weird and things are get, end up being distracting so they don't they don't even understand that they, they start off. They, they can't comprehend really the idea of being bad as something that's negative shrug and they try it. But an adult, there's this weird game that adults play where um, we want to pretend that we're not children. Um, and in plenty of demonstrable senses, of course we're not, but we're starting off exactly in a childlike perspective, like in that position in reality when we're starting something new. And so this, this podcasting thing, I mean, I, you can have excellent, eloquent conversations. That doesn't translate to having a successful podcast, for example. That doesn't even translate into having one, let alone being successful. Right now, we're not actually successful. We're kind of half a podcast. Well, we know it. And recognizing and not having a bruised ego about starting off small, um, that's really important because that needs to be kept in mind so that you can have the iterative improvements without feeling bad every time you make a change. Every time you, you recognize an improvement, it's because some past thing wasn't as good as you think it could be now and it's very possible that that you've done things that you well maybe other people will regret on your behalf but it's very likely that when you're pursuing some hobby some like starting your own business or whatever the heck uh, that you will make mistakes that will hold you back that you will not realize until much later and that's one of the reasons you need that 20% time. That's one of the reasons why the totality of from one end to the other, from 
the entire planning and the pursuit, the success of an endeavor has to be 80% of your time. You really, really need that 20% so that you can go out there and look at competition. You can go out there and look at, look at, you can listen to the mood of your niche. You can understand what's going on. You can think back on what you've been doing and you can hopefully take that time to see far enough ahead that you will recognize mistakes before they happen. So you won't be like off down the wrong path. So for example, for this podcast, I know that there is a massive limitation in that we have nothing visual going on right now. And there, there are circumstances where a pure audio podcast obviously is only audio. And maybe there is nuance to be, to be done in order to better appeal for an audio only experience. But right now we're streaming through Twitch and only Twitch. And uh, this is a visual platform. And so this can't really find uh, any purchase in this, in this doing things like this. So we've talked about, well, we can stream and talk about games, even if it's not necessarily inside the hours of the regular podcast. And that can lead into a podcast. I've already got the facilities for doing, and I'll talk about this in, in the third segment. We've already got the facilities to do like the camera work and stuff like that, at least for me. And I, I mean, I've got a spare webcam from earlier experimentation. And it's 720p, but uh, Minion probably isn't worth putting up on 1080p or anything like that. You're not a 4K kind of Minion. If, I mean, maybe one day. <laughs> maybe maybe wow, one day. That, we'll, that makes me sad. We'll get you some sunglasses or something. Like, we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. I think I'll just get a mask. Get a mask. We'll get you like a Mexican wrestling mask. What? I mean, we really could wait for a, like a face reveal for you for Halloween. <laughs> and just put on like a power wig. I don't like a, where this is going anymore. <laughs> what isn't it fashionable to have a, a like a, a Star Wars bounty hunter helmet <laughs> of some sort? Just be like, yeah, I'm totally cosplaying. Just depends oh. on the person, I guess. Don't you have like you've got. Uh, Halo collectible memorabilia. It, 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 yeah, except that thing I'd have to hollow out. Oh, okay. So it's not actually designed to be wearable. It um, can be, but like you got to so. alter it. Well, yeah, okay. And and that's work, so it's not going to happen now, is it? Uh, I guess. <laughs> do, do you want to talk about the posts that you've been working on? <laughs> Well, it's more than dried, and I'm really starting to get annoyed at looking at it right now. So, well, do you want? But do you want to talk about that as a topic, or is that too weird in person? As a topic, uh, just give me a moment here. Okay, so yeah, the speaker brought up that. Well, since I have limited room and space in my room, and I got a lot of things. I could just raise my bed up and have bins under there, and that would actually clear up a lot of room where I could toss things in to said bins. You have a big bed, too. Yeah, and I got a big bed. And it, so, the mattress is pretty good. Um, 
So I went to went to a tool so like store, a hardware store, a hardware store. One of those big places that also has wood, yeah. Yeah, and they do wood as well. Found a four by four piece of wood and had them cut it down, and then I had them cut a few. Are cut into five separate pieces. There are five posts on my bed that you for um or the bed frame. Mm-hmm. And, and it's then, big enough that it needed one in the middle, right? Yeah. Yeah. Four on four on each one on each corner, and then one in the center. So supporting the center is is all is pretty good. Going back to the wood thing, so they cut off five equal lengths of wood. And then I had them cut off another smaller piece so I can drill a hole into it. And then so that's because the posts of your bed, you're you're making them so they fit inside these wooden posts. Yeah, except the drill bit I have. Or so, the dumb thing about these posts is it's bit it's a bit bigger. So I went to another hardware store to look for a drill for a, something to drill a hole looking for that okay. part and the post that we brought it's too big or too small for the size around it so it's not a perfect fit for the drill so after i cut a drill hole i have to manually go in there and shave off or um, sand off the some more room oh like chisel it out yeah well i can't chisel <laughs> I mean, it, the, but the real concern is making sure that they're all a level to one another so your bed can actually sit straight without wobbling around it's so lovely I, this is why i mean this is why manly men will just get a bunch of bricks <laughs> they're all like the same size and you just like cinder blocks if you need a lot of extra space or the very top bit of it would be uh, a longer plank of wood or whatever the heck like I mean, it's not as pretty, but, but, <laughs> yeah, you've got some some interesting problems, um, and yeah, your mattress is. Uh, you went out of your way to get it, right? How much did that? Do you want to talk about how much that cost? Because it was pretty expensive, wasn't it? Well, that's not bad. But um, it's one of those things where you you ha- you should put money down on. Yeah, totally. I agree. Um, if you sleep, so there's this trick that I had for a long time. I moved and unfortunately I was a little abusive with it. So it, it ended up falling apart, but I had one of these, uh, Tempur-Pedic is the brand and what it is, it's a, it's a pad, but it's not like foam. It, it's so it's a memory foam. And, uh, but it was, it was bigger than the, the beds because I moved into smaller rooms and it ended up arranging for smaller beds because i don't need a whole lot of space and uh i don't really i hurt my back so i sleep on my side now so there's like i need that little terrible fetal position amount of space so i can have a smaller bed and so i ended up taking this thing and folding it in half when i moved here before before i started sleeping sideways i was sleeping supine which is on your back and the thing about um your thing about you is uh, if if i were to stand a person up and i were to look up from the side uh, i could see you know heels to bum across the back 
there's there are certain slopes, right? Um, your feet are just so, your hips are just so, your legs maybe curve a tiny bit, and your back has this big curve, and your shoulders indent in. And understanding a bed, the weight from your shoulders will dig into your bed. The weight from your feet will dig into your bed. You actually need support under your knees of all things. Normally, that just happens if you're in a if you have a, a a pad of some sort. If you have foam, your shoulders will dig into the foam more. You get a little bit of support on the small of your back. You get a little support on your knees. Your heels can sink in. But the thing is, um, your head is all, also pokes out like your shoulders do, uh, quite far actually. And normally, for some reason, people sleep on pillows. And if you sleep on a pillow, you're, you're stuffing your chin towards your chest. And that's in, that, that, that was incredibly uncomfortable for me, at least. And I would not recommend that for anybody anywhere. And so what I did is I took this, this pad and I shifted it down just a little bit, even if I had to like tuck it over the edge of the mattress. And my head hung off. There was kind of like a little cliff, a little indentation at the between the top of this pad and the regular mattress so i could actually sleep and it was a remarkably comfortable sleep doing that and it also helped a lot because um i my brain doesn't turn off so i actually overheat if i'm not positioned very well uh, life is hell right now because sleeping on my side if I've, I've got like a a moderately horrible expensive pillow but for it's supposed to be cooling, but it kind of doesn't. Um, but when my head was hanging off the, this little thing, there's a little space between my neck and the back of the and the back of my head, um, and there's so there's more airflow, and it was really really quite wonderful. So um, it isn't just a mattress that's important, but it's if you've got a topping, that can be quite important. A lot of mattresses now come with a with this sort of thing built in um i wouldn't necessarily recommend that because it's not like you can replace that it's often just sewn in so uh but getting something separate and putting it on top so you can flip it or clean it or whatever is really nice and then i still maintain that people should at least try silk sheets uh, now i'm sure the price has gone well up uh, so i mean i can like I had a different life back then, so getting silk sheets really wasn't an issue. But um, so I can't recommend that lifestyle to others. Uh, but there is uh, like an extra sleek velvet type. There's another class of sheet that you can look into. So on the one hand, it's you know a million thread count special ancient Egyptian cotton, blah blah blah, right? So that's one direction that people go in. They're like, when this number is bigger, it is better, which is vaguely true, kind of. They're like, number of threads per square inch. and But that's kind of a lie, because some places will double it up, because they're like, oh, vertical and horizontal must count. And other places are honest about it. And thread is not thread is not thread. So, so things are a little bit weird. And there's, there's this other class of, it's a totally artificial fabric, and it's meant to be very light and very slick. 
And the experience of sleeping that is really, really wonderful. It depends on if you if you've got like a, like a night slip or something like that for the ladies, and some men will wear a shirt or or not right. And so it really does What's depend. Night, night slip. Sorry? Yeah, it's like a tiny. It's not. It's a not quite lingerie long oh. shirt. And uh, it's it's very slick, and it's actually well. They find it very comfortable. But I've had like uh, I've got this Under Armour shirt, which is a really really slick, smooth cloth, and uh, it's uh, I, I will wear that. I will wear that to bed if it's a particularly cold night. Now we're in Canada, guys, so depends on where you are. But there's a lot of places that are cold at night. Depends on how you heat your house and where you are and all this kind of stuff. I don't like sleeping with heat going in my room. And uh, so I will I will I will be very comfortable if I bundle up. So wearing a shirt is sometimes it's 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 because that's way more comfortable than my sheets are on my skin. And uh, so that that was a nice experience. I don't do that often enough these days. Well, obviously it's not I mean this is this is summertime so so um so i wouldn't do that for a while um so yeah the uh this other kind of i mean i may as well talk about this topic since since we're here um i had known so i don't i don't sleep i don't really sleep comfortably or anything like that uh, certainly not anymore but i've i've looked around for other things you know uh cooling pillows electric blankets and and the different technologies and the cloths and you know the shirt like i've i've thought about these things and i've gone and i've listened to people talking about these things and there is uh there's a couple of i don't know i, I can't call them technologies that uh, i learned about one is it's a it's a, a highly elastic sheet that would go over you that the that is you know how you've got the under sheet that kind of has the elastic corners um that that would it's the uh the thing that goes directly on top of a mattress the thing that you can never fold so it's like that only uh on the underside of the mattress that might be clamped and have elastics to really hold it uh hold it tight but it's not a full on mattress thing it's like um, like three quarters, something like that. And you would actually pull that down like a sheet and you would sleep under it. So it's kind of like a cocoon that would hug over. And because it's an elastic material and because it's held on tight, it would actually apply pressure. And this particular, and the reason most people will not have ever heard of this, is this particular arrangement is very useful for children that are autistic because they've got, like you, some of them you'll see them with their shirts on backwards, and it's it, and it's not not backwards, uh, inside out, and it's not because they're dumb and they're they're too dumb to understand how to wear a shirt. It's actually intentional because the seams that are on the inside of your shirt and they're on the inside so that the outside looks better. Uh, for them, it's an extraordinary irritation, so they're far more comfortable reversing the shirt so it's comfortable on the inside and they don't care about appearance because they don't have that 
the ego that other people have, they don't develop, they don't care. Like a lot of them are, uh, don't, don't have that kind of social awareness that kind of comes with the kit. And so this, the she experience is extremely slick and it hugs. And that is a level of the texture and the comfort is there. So I learned about that stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of neat. I wouldn't mind trying that, but it's kind of expensive, right? And, and I'm at a point in life when I don't, I don't really want to, I don't mind losing money because I learned something. I do mind using money on an experiment that I'm, I'm not fairly convinced upfront would pay off. So if I don't understand the return on investment, I'd rather just not do it. Um, but I could imagine that, um, you know, you know, like if you big spoon or little spoon with someone, there's there's uh, an aspect there where there there's a comfort there, and so the sheet might be that sort of thing. But I mean, you can't share you can't share a bed with something like that, so it's kind of limited use, really. And so that's one thing that I bumped into that's really uncommon. And the other, it's very very similar, but. Um, but it's so it's the same sort of uh, like technique for altering uh, the physicality of sleep. And it's a weighted quilt, a weighted blanket of some sort. And there's a but the thing and I'll talk about the nuances of it, but it's it's much the same. Right. So one is kind of stretchy and, and pulls like tugs a person down cocoons. The weighted blanket is a blanket that has like beads sewn into it so like a quilt but instead of just cotton in every pocket it has the, the that kind of filler plus it has weighted beads and it applies weight in much the same way but it's it's uh not as specific as that it's not this thing that you can't wiggle out of it's not necessarily made to be slick so you put it on top of your sheets it's a quilt and because it's not attached, it's not wrapped around or anything, it can be moved to, you know, like your left shoulder sticks out and, and maybe your right foot and, and this kind of stuff. And so it's like a regular quilt and it would act like that. So a lot of people actually like that. And so that's something, I mean, that's one of the things that I've got on my very, on one of my very lengthy Amazon wish lists, kind of as a tag for, I should consider if I have too much money, <laughs> I should consider one of these because I'm, I really hate the duvet that I have there. I've got a spring one and I've got a winter one and, uh, they're, they're a pain to remove to, from their covering to wash and they're just, they, they're too hot. So I've been thinking about all these other things. Um, I might settle on like a handmade old school quilt. I think that would be cool. But the thing about these weighted blankets that most people don't fully understand, it's, it's, uh, oh, I'm a manly man. I'm big. I should get the heaviest weighted, uh, weighted thing. It's like, it's like the equivalent of getting extra large gloves. That, that's okay. That, but that's wrong. It's a matter of the level of comfort and how new a person is with such a thing. And based on that person's, it is based on that person's body weight as well. So you can be uh, 
you can be manly man and uh, if you've got depending on your build what might be appropriate for you is different than what you might expect and if you're new to the idea you want to go lighter is what people are saying um like buy, buy a lot <laughs> which is also kind of expensive because if you're going to experiment with something and and the experiment goes well you should try this and if it doesn't work out you should return it and then try this well that's that's extra steps that's that's kind of annoying for a totally new experience that you're not going to like that you're not going to they're not going to know if you're going to like it or not. So I, I looked into that and uh, there's all kinds of stuff. Like probably the best experience I've had is putting a box fan in my window and having a blow at me. And if I, if, if the fan going is too loud, I'll just turn it off at some point. I just reach over. And most of the time, and it really does depend on where your bed is, of course. And so trying to arrange It just so happens that people sleep a lot. People sleep regularly. People will sleep sometimes for the rest of their lives. And how many people spend the time to actually consider that and to optimize for that? Like how much money do you spend on other comforts of life for when you're awake um, that don't I mean getting... Uh, a treat eating out and getting a treat there is value in doing that there's morale value and yet not many people will take that and will say well having better sleep has value as well so that when i wake up and have my day i'm better rested or you know you have nicer dreams or whatever and that has as much or more impact as that morale boosting snack or something like that, the junk food. Not many people consider um, sleep, even though, even though we're, we face it, we think about it, we hope for it. Uh, we we want to stay, stay there when alarm clocks bother us. Um, unless you're a morning lark then a lot of these problems just go away and your sleep is way better. But you spend so much time in your bed or wanting to be in your bed and not many people actually realize it's something that they could spend research time on or money on as opposed to spending that money on the kind of temporary things during the day. Like you can get a good meal and it, and that's wonderful and you can really enjoy it and that might influence your your day and you but you'll forget about it in a week in a month um you can go out for dinner with people and those memories are going to matter way more which is why when i talk about being on a diet uh, and and not eating out there there must be an exception for experiences like that you're not a slave to a diet uh and if you you need to be able to just say, I have the free will. I'm not 
a servant to this idea and have a slice of cake with your best friend's birthday party. Like you need and not have to plan for it and not have to feel bad about it. It's just, it's your, it's your life and the diet shouldn't be impacted horribly. It should be a decision that you can make on purpose without being, without suffering at all. And, um, and the thing is, all those things are really temporary compared to a permanent object that you own that matters to you, that impacts you. It's like getting comfortable shoes, like getting comfortable socks, like are little ribs appearing along your ankles? Well, that's, that's doing really serious damage. Well, if you, especially if you stand all day, do you have insoles that are like gel insoles? Do you have comfortable shoes? Do you have comfortable socks? Do you have the kind of pants that will bind as you're walking? Like <laughs> men, we know about this sort of thing. You know, like ladies, do you have a, an act? Have you actually been fitted for a comfortable bra? Please, please learn how to do that. And your life changes. This is this is a thing that will wear it eventually, right? All things do. If you're looking to buy it for life stuff, you're probably not going to get it for for your underwear. You're not. There, for socks, it does exist, but it's in the form of returning it and getting a replacement every five years, 10 years, maybe. Um, and you're not going to get it for running shoes. You're going to get it for boots. You're not going to get it for T-shirts. You're going to get it for leather jackets. So there's limitations, but the people spend money on on improving, like legitimately improving their life during their waking life but those things are temporary and the improvements are usually quite temporary when they could take that and the return on investment for that effort for research for that money could go into something that modifies sleep, improves their environment. Now, imagine what would happen to your life if, if you didn't buy that fairly expensive thing and instead the fairly expensive thing was a portable air conditioner uh, that you got and you had specially fitted and installed in your bedroom because you like it cold. And that money was saved to pay for the electric bill because you plan ahead. You understand these things. And you said, okay, I'm not going to feel guilty about this. I'm going to set aside X amount of dollars a month and I'm going to know up front that I'm spending that money whenever I turn this thing on and I'm going to have it on and I'm going to sleep better because you decide. Because you decide that that, that you decide that a new mattress is better than, um, you know, than a new monitor or something like that, right? You you make these decisions. You make a do with what you have. I mean, sleep has sucked for me for so long. Because what you have is, is probably that good I've, enough. I've had to think about right. a lot. Um, you, so you might thankfully save money for know, things okay, that well, are really but breaking down. Need this to be is an example of something, something that doesn't need to be replaced, which and you can take that money and put it somewhere. Right. Where there will be a and as I said in a previous show, there's a lot of stuff in your life, an which improved life you might use every some, day in some way, and um, so, but people some should be doing that. Will get so in yeah, your way and will prompt you to research that topic. And a lot of the things you use in life, you will never be prompted, but you should learn to to understand more about those particular topics. I use the lock example, like how much do you know about your house lock? You use it every day. Your car lock, like, like how do padlocks work? How do combination locks work? You don't have to be too in-depth. You're just curious. And you never know if, if a particular topic really grabs you or really fascinates you. And you can 
spend more of your entertainment time doing that exploration rather than same old, you know, rather than continuing to binge on, binge on that wonderful new show that you like, whatever, you can pursue it researching something that maybe you didn't consider uh, last year, but now some aspect of something really, really grabs you and is actually, and you're getting smarter doing that, or you do, okay, and you're learning more, which is not always the same thing, but but you might find some some corner case, some weird use for some obscure knowledge that you have. You like, you get the weirdest overlapping skill sets. The older you get, when you when you explore all of these different all these different fascinations that you might have. Um, anyway, so oh, I, I actually have a note to talk about that very thing. <laughs> In, good job, self. I didn't even skim it before we started the show. Maybe I should have done that. Maybe I'll add that to my my workflow. So it it's uh, what, what did I mean when I wrote that? Ugh, I and sometimes my past self writes notes and assumes that I'm going to understand, and so I'll write like a couple of words or maybe a phrase as keywords to jog my memory, but my memory's not very good. Oh, well, so it goes intentionally not looking up things which are unimportant anyway, using these things in their spirit. Damn, I recall vaguely that that was an excellent point. I have no idea what I meant. Maybe, maybe I'll figure it out later. Um, but uh, I did bump into a few videos and uh, regarding understanding everyday things. There is a lot of, you know, those fancy schmancy 25 things you didn't know about everyday items and it's like well what's that tiny pocket in your jeans for and why is there a little loop of fabric on the back of your your shirt um and why is why does sometimes there's an extra button sewn in on the like inside of your dress shirt with like a little swatch of cloth like what why why okay spare button i guess they pop up pop off sometimes I've had that happen once, okay, maybe twice in my life. Um, and they go over these these curiosities. Like, you don't tie your... So this is an interesting one for me. If you've got running shoes, you've got the eyelets, which are the little, little holes, and you're lacing through those. But you never lace all the way up um, for, the, for the low-cut shoes. So they actually have some extra holes and well well what for right you think that at, at that they might be for style for consistency but you might think well there would be at least some extremely affordable shoes that would just omit them because they're not necessary but that never 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 ever happens and that's because those those holes actually serve a purpose for a different lacing style and that's because there are different ways of lacing your shoes and it's not because there are some pretty ways that you could lace your shoes. And depending on, like, there are a lot of people that are into shoes for, for some reason. And they, they would lace them differently to have, certain, to have a certain style, to have a certain texture to, the, to that area of their shoe. And I totally get it. But there's an actual mechanical necessary way of tying shoes called a, a heel lock. And it actually uses those top eyelets and it actually has lace 
lacing that comes up there in it, but in a in an unusual way compared to the rest of the lacing. So you'd have regular lacing, who cares how, everywhere else. And there's different ways of lacing down there too. But for the heel lock, it laces a very different way up at the top. And it actually uses the top area of your shoe to pull the back of your, to pull, to pull like the front of your toes back and to pull the heel so it's snug with the, the inside back of your shoe. And the reason this is important, the reason it's called a, a sometimes it's called a, a runner's runner's lacing and stuff like that, is if you get shoes that you might think you got shoes that don't fit, okay? And because the back of your heel rubs against the inside of the the shoe, right? So, so for me, I've had um, a pair of boots and a pair of shoes, which happen to be leather, so they're very firm. And I actually, um, I would, I would scrape off the skin at the back of my heel because the shoe was very firm, didn't have a whole lot back there, and it would just rub up and down as I walked. And it turns out that it's, it's because the shoe wasn't really conforming well to my foot. This is the kind of stuff that you learn if you... Uh, have a problem and you recognize that it's a problem and instead of of falling back on your previous routines like normally what i would would have done is gone oh and and used it as a life lesson i threw away this money or used it as a lesson figured out how to return it or and just go back to my old kind of shoes that's what i normally would have done but i i actually started researching it like bleeding back of my heel shoe and and again you you don't know how to research these things you don't even know what language to use and that's when i learned about well there are different ways of lacing your shoes you can lace them differently near the, your toes to actually open up that area while keeping a perfectly snug fit on your shoes you open up that area so if you have a broad foot or if you have like a like a wart or something on your toe you can actually open up the front of your shoe and give yourself more toe room. And maybe you've been suffering your entire life just because shoes are like that. Uh, ladies, I'm looking at you. And you never thought about researching it. But once you learn to recognize that you've got some problem in life, some nuisance even, the return on investment, you, you just have to do the, the investment, the time, the research once. You could let this fall out of your head and just in my case, like learn a new way to lace my shoes and forever, right? That, that pays off every single time I wear shoes. I happened to, re I happened to research everything way too much, like obviously. So in my particular case, I'm a bad example. I spent far too much time learning about this because I thought it was really cool. You know, I bumped into something that's fascinating. The thing about me is everything is fascinating. So I have to do it real fast and then switch to the next thing before I burn out or I forget what else I was doing. Kind of like talking. Anyhow, so that that is an example of um, of recognizing a nuisance, um, having 20% time to actually look into that, and then taking that and and leveraging the return on investment and actually making an 80% better. So 
you recognize that your sleep isn't as good as it could be. You recognize that you could spend some of your money from normally allocated during your waking life towards your resting life. You, you research what to do. Maybe you experiment. Maybe you make mistakes and waste money, but you learn. And then th that becomes an improvement. So now your sleep is better. It's just better forever, really, until you change physically, right? You, you might get a bent back when you're old. You know, like you might get an injury or something like that, and you have to learn to sleep different. Like even researching how to sleep is, it's hard to, I mean, that's something that's, it bothers me because I don't know how to sleep. What do I do with my arms now that I'm sleeping on my side? I don't get it. I don't understand. Like I have to have two extra pillows and one is here for this arm to be raised off. And I have to figure out where one of my, one of my feet goes. I have to make sure my knees are positioned just so. And it would be nice if there was some tutorial somewhere because it's, it's not new for somebody to sleep like this. But there are people who sleep like this and have for a long time. They just don't talk about it. They just don't. Because it's a weird thing to explain, right? I'm sure I could be the guy that goes and explains obscure stuff like that. <laughs> make dumb, make my like, it's my version of, of my, what's, what's it called? Women call it like an either a, an evening routine or a morning routine. <laughs> and it's like, these are, this is the, the skin cleansing routine that I use before going to bed and, and how they do, do their hair and, and all this kind of stuff. And they have an equivalent of getting up. And it's always the scene of them getting up out of bed and their pajamas and they're going and, and it's just, okay, that's adorable and all my equivalent would be like, okay, this is where I put my arm. This is where I raise my wrist. My elbow does this thing. So I need, and I need to have my knee like this and my, my legs cross in a certain way and one foot kind of goes up. And, and so I kind of like put, <laughs> and so it's, it's like, uh, I, I would be tortured if ever I was, if ever I like, uh, fell off a cliff and I was all busted, but I'm, but I'm okay, but I'm just, everything is broken and I'm, and somebody sits me in a bed, they, everything would be bad. Everything would be wrong because they'd lie me on my back. Um, my, the arch of my back probably would be wrong. The padding of the mattress would be off. It would be elevated in certain ways. My, my knees would be too straight. Like my legs would be too straight. My, my elbows would be down on the mattress and my, maybe my hands would be on my, on my near my belly button. And so my elbows would be off. My shoulders would be off because my elbows are too far down. My elbows would hurt because my hands should actually be floating up in a way you can't really do that when you're sleeping in real life and so on and so on. Um, a couple of corrections. I'm actually not sure if we added these into the, the uh, descriptions of a couple of previous videos. Um, maybe, maybe this will be an audio mental note Which for our future self to deal with. But I remember I was talking about uh, SkyTube, an Android app for helping with uh, YouTube videos. And I'm, I'd mentioned that it was like it disregarded the official YouTube way of doing things. And it was acting like its own like little person that would go and scrape YouTube. Uh, I, that's actually, uh, that's actually an app called new pipe. So oops, 
And the other is, uh, I mentioned phones running BSD when the, with uh, the iPhones and for iOS. And uh, yeah, yeah. So when I mentioned phone, yeah, when I mentioned phones in general running BSD, um, as Android, it turns out just uses raw Linux, just regular Linux. And BSD is, is in a roundabout way, it's complicated, uh, a cousin to, uh, to Linux. At any rate, I do want to talk about the yard work stuff, um, but a couple of other little things first. So I've, I've always, I'm just going to make this part of my personality is to talk about being a morning lark, to talk about waking up earlier in the day. And two things that I had, I, two things that I want to mention. So one is uh, there is a different temperature in your house in the very early morning. If you wake up early, right? Early, early. And there's a different acoustic value to your home. And so there's a different temperature, usually because your thermostat is set to kind of wake up right when uh, everybody else wakes up. And that's because people have, they're much more comfortable sleeping under, under cooler conditions. This is, this is not just social like we can ask people about it this is this is something that's measurable we've asked a lot of people try to figure this out it's a it's a thing it's not part of our our culture something weird and it's not because people are trying to save money on their heating bill it's people just sleep way better and so you you would get up and the temperature of the house is different it's actually not not as bad as you might think but it is part of a mood difference. It, it makes the world different. Same thing, like the birds aren't awake until the sun kind of starts coming up. Like maybe, like if you wake up at three in the morning, the birds are asleep. Maybe you've got some varieties of bird that will wake up at different times. Obviously, they're going to be waking up at dawn, right? But a lot of them wake up much earlier than that. So you might have birds that are kind of tweeting at 4.30 in the morning, depending on where you are and what breeds you have, right? And it is an interesting experience having a, a dead world. Like the insects are asleep. And that's that might be a really weird experience for people that just have, have bugs around during the day. Like they're part of the, the nuisance of having of being in summertime, for example. And you just have flies around. Well, everything's asleep. Everything is so asleep, you could actually open your windows. So if it's nice and cool during the dead of the evening, and you're waking up at the dead of the evening, you could have like an hour with the, the windows open, or maybe just your front door wide open, but I wouldn't recommend that. You might attract moths for wherever you are. Experience, experience that, experiment with it, see what happens. But the problem is, when you live with other people and you're a morning lark, you become limited in what you can do what where you can go so you can't necessarily go and have a shower because there might be an adjacent bedroom and you'd be making too much noise for them you can't necessarily use a kitchen right smells might bother people or just being in there lights might bother some people if you've got a creaky old house some people will actually be disturbed be woken up by you walking around your house and just hitting like some of us kids know that there are places in your house that are squeaky and when you're like sneaking around at night 
and you want to go and get a snack or you want to use the bathroom or whatever, and you really don't want to bother anybody. Kids are kind of like that, depending on the kid, right? Um, they learn. So, and you're going to learn that as an adult, you're going to re-experience that. And that's a really, really serious downside. It's a, it's great if you've got people who are heavy enough sleepers, really wonderful. Man. But that is one of the things that you will absolutely miss about living with. If you have, have, if you were renting or something and you have one person move out and somebody sensitive move in, you, a huge part of your life will be disrupted if you can't wake up early. Like it really sucks. Um, but I want to talk about yard work. Like I, I was still, in my case, I was still awake at like five in the morning when there was just enough light for me to get away with going outside and looking at the yard. And we're, I mean, we're not like in Northern Canada or anything where sunlight is strange at strange times. Um, we're still pretty normal. And so the sun was kind of coming up and just the positioning of things, the sun is, is uncontested in that area. It, there is a direct path of light with no fences, no, the houses aren't close enough, right? If you, if you have a driveway that leads into a piece of a yard and you're in the yard, the sun comes up, you get all that morning light, which is good and bad. I mean, it's good very first thing in the morning because you get that light. It's bad because earlier on in the day, you don't have the heat shadow of having a building in the way and having that shadow, having that area shadowed has never experienced sunlight yet. So it's actually quite a lot cooler. You don't get any of those advantages. So if you're heat sensitive or you're light sensitive, it's a little weird. So I was out there bright and early, but I, I only had so much time. And so I got, uh, I got the, I've talked about having these metal garden hoses that I have, which, which have turned out really, really great, really great. And I got new nozzles. I learned from my previous nozzle mistake. See previous episode of me talking about that kind of thing. Uh, I got a spare. Uh, I did. So we've got a house with uh, two outside taps, one on either side of the house. I, I got one that was one hose that is so long, can wrap around most of the house, wash cars, this kind of stuff. But it's made for doing the weeding that, that now I've got a shorter hose that's, I think, maybe slightly too short for the backyard. At any rate, I'm using it for doing weeding with a tool that's kind of like a, a long brass nozzled, um, like a pressure washer. And it's designed to go down parallel to the root of a weed because a lot of weeds, uh, they don't, they're persistent. They're, they're like miniature bushes in that they have a root system that really goes down. And if you mow them down, they'll come back up again because a lot of the energy necessary for growing again gets stored in these gigantic roots. And, and just it's a weird sunny area, so a lot of it was starting to die off, which is kind of interesting. But we still had all of the, the dandelions. And I'm not going to go around eating my dandelions or anything like that, but... They were, they weren't flowering or anything like one was, which is a little weird, maybe two, but in a big, big yard, that's a little weird. So they, it got kind of mowed down, but the dandelion, the dandelions just like, unless you're being really, really specific, you're kind of not going to mow down the dandelions 
when you've got all these other kind of bushy, nasty weeds coming up. So those all got chopped down. They, they grew up, grew back up again. So I went weeding through those. And it was rough, but I did a whole lot of it, like a whole, whole lot. I'm very happy about that. And then I went to try one of the dandelions, and I couldn't get it. I couldn't figure it out. And as I was finished everything else, well, as I was giving up on, as I was done, right? You get tired, you're done. You're done. So when I was done, I decided, no, no, no I'm, I'm going to figure out what the heck is with these, these dandelions. So I, I went and I blasted water around this thing and I lifted up and this side of the root and that side of the root until it was just mud everywhere. I'm like really gripping in there with gloves and and kind of you don't want to break it that's so bad it defeats the purpose so i'm like kind of carefully tugging and thinking about twisting and and i and again and again and i just pers- and i pers- and i'm repeating the exact same hosing pressure washing action again and again and again and i i did manage to pull this thing out so you've got like the the patch of an ancient dandelion, right? And it's just layers of the green leaves. And it's basically flat against the earth with just these layers of seed. When it, it's not one of these newer ones, it's kind of like fluffy with green and then it gets the stalks with the puffs on top. It, it was nothing like that. It was just this really, really flat plant. And it was it must have been ancient must have been a 10 year old plant an evergreen of these things i pulled the root i'm not kidding the base of the root so it's nearest the surface of the soil was about an inch across and the entire length of the thing which is why it was hard to pull out reached down something like a full foot or more it was this massive thing (laughs) so so i have this wet well in my backyard for me pulling just one of these things out it was it was impressive so so first there's no way i could weed that yard at all without this tool without this water thing because there are these little levers and there's something called a a grandpa's weeder and they're all like hooks that poke around the outside edges of they're pretty specific to dandelions, but they work with a lot of different things. And some of them, you know, they've got a little fork, a little prong with a little leverage space in there. And you kind of like use it to pry them up. And that that stuff was absolutely not going to do anything to one of these, <laughs> one of these ancients. Uh, so I'm glad I got the water weeder, but I that that particular one, it's never coming back. It's it's done. It's gone permanently. And if something comes back in its place, it's going to be a young generation of, of dandelion. It's unlikely because it's end of the season and nothing is seeding anymore. Um, so as long as they take care of it, they're just not coming back. Um, and the thing is, it would take a lot of work. And part of it isn't just because of the, 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 the success of, that, of the dandelions, how old they are. It's because the soil in my backyard isn't. It isn't soil. It's this weird, sandy, rocky hell. And for me to poke a nozzle 
through into that. And unlike my front yard, there's no weed barrier or anything weird. There's no gravel that was put on top on purpose to try to like to landscape. The backyard is just this wild kind of brutal, hilly, sandy, rocky thing. And I can't, I actually clogged the nozzle pretty early on because some piece of uh, debris, some chunk of tiny chunk of rock got stuck up there and actually blocked the water flow. And it managed to work itself out, but uh, I think it sprays kind of funny because there's there's a thing in there. I'd have to unscrew it and and pull out a mesh and knock it clean, whatever. Right now it still works. I don't care. Return on investment. It still works. But the thing is, I can't poke that thing at the earth and actually spray water because it's so freaking hard. So I uh, I'm I'm coming to terms with the fact that I'm going to have to actually spend like five hundred dollars for a couple of loads of like a couple of empty trailers or whatever the heck to fill them up with this dirt to just I have to weed. Because these are foot long roots. I can't just dig everything up because I will be bumping into all these weeds. And if I cut them off, they'll just grow back. So I need to actually weed somehow. Um, maybe I'll cut them apart. And then as they're growing up, I'll, I'll pull the, the whatever the heck tries to sprout. I, I don't know. I've got to shovel it all out to get rid of this soil. Because there's nothing I can do about this stuff. It's just this, this monstrous man. I don't even know. I don't. This is why I want to get a camera back there and actually show this stuff. Because I don't think you'd believe me. It's not a large. It's not a large space either. But it's hell. So, so I'm gonna weed some of it, and probably start digging the rest out eventually. Um, and uh, so that that was something interesting to kind of go through between five and five thirty in the morning to go and <laughs> it took me minutes just to deal with this one with this one dandelion and they're like there's one every foot <laughs> so every square foot's gonna have one and i it, it would just take i would hurt myself going through all of them but i'm gonna try a little every day until I have a whole lot of wet holes everywhere. And that um that leads me to uh I, I wrecked my first pair of jeans. Been a long time. I used to be one of those guys that would, you know, dress nice all the time because my work would be like that. And I I stopped wearing jeans because they were very binding. So I had more comfortable pants that and so I was uh fairly preppy. And uh so I I bought jeans and they're very comfortable. I like them. Um, I, I think the technology changed a little bit since I first was wearing them because these are all little elastic and stuff like that. And, and so they're, they're quite comfortable um, without being like, uh, what, what were they? They were, um, what's the name of this martial artist? Chuck Norris was selling these pants way back in the day. So there'd be ads and magazines of him doing like this big high kick wearing jeans. And they were like special karate jeans. It's pretty fun. Um, so the, these are not like that. These are not like 
special technology. They're just jeans. Um, and I, so I'm wrecking one of the knees and it occurs to me that I need to get like workers jeans, like go to an actual and, and get unfashionable heavy duty jeans that I can, or pants or whatever that I can put on just for gardening, just so that I can bend and I can kneel and you know spend extra money on better knee pads and, and all this kind of stuff, right? Optimize. Optim Unfortunately, the the expensive kind of optimizing, you know, the buying superior versions of stuff. Now that I know now I'm, I'm I made the mistake of wearing these jeans, which were a little um there were slim jeans, it's the style, I think. So there's there's skinny, which men shouldn't wear. There's slim, there's and there's and depends on what it's called, like athletic or what or there's relaxed fit and there's some other it's I don't know, it's complicated, whatever. Again, learning the language is something that you're researching. Um and so I had uh slim jeans, and so if you if you bend with these, um and they if you bend with these, if you walk with these, if you squat with these or whatever, they they're actually a little bit tighter. And that is additional opportunity to stretch on those joints in the fabric. And so the knees wore out and one knee split open as I was gardening. And uh, I'm, I'm not mad about that because I saw this coming because I saw where the wear was. So it's a, it's a learning experience for me to go and get pants that are suitable for this. I mean, it does mean that I can wear these and not care if they die even more because I'm not gardening for fashion. Um, I don't think I've got, no, I don't think the love of my life is spying on me and judging the way I look while I'm doing gardening. That, that would be, that would be all manner of weird. So I pulled a whole lot of these weeds and I just kind of, I didn't want to walk back and forth and put them in a bin or, or move a bin there. Or I just, I just pulling them and then throwing them kind of loosely in a heap. They were all kind of parallel to one another, so I could pick them up later. And I came out this afternoon to go and and pick them up, and they were they were out they were outside for long enough, and it was warm enough that they just shriveled to nothing. And I was worried that because I I pulled them up root and all, and they were kind of wet, that maybe they'd like grow again or something like. Maybe you need to go put these on concrete so the things don't find a way. But no, no, they're they're toast. <laughs> they can't live pulled out of the ground and just put sideways on the ground. They will just die in, you know, if it's sunny or if it's hot or whatever. So that was that was interesting to to discover. That kind of means I can be fairly lazy and just be in one small region, not move too much, stay kneeling, and just make a little pile there move over a little bit weed a little bit more make a different little pile before i'm done with the yard work thing for for a little while um i bought because i was researching okay so optimization happens in the strangest ways possible so I, i'm thinking ahead so i've got the i got an additional garden hose for a side of the house that is is a wreck and doesn't even have anything living that i've got a weed but I still got a hose there anyway. And I, I paid attention and 
I, I made it. I have an experience with a previous terrible garden uh, nozzle, and I've got so I got another one. I got a new one. I got a second one for the side of the house, and it's going to last for. I mean, the thing is steel, so it's going to last. Um, it's uh, it's annoying that it gets hot in the sun, so it's a little bit annoying to hold. But what I would be forced to do during the weeding for either side of the house, for like a front yard area or this whatever I do with the backyard, the annoyances. I'd have to, like, okay, first world annoyances, right? Like, oh, boo-hoo, but I'd have to unscrew the nozzle and put on the new nozzle for the weeder that I have. And so optimization. Optimization comes in. I would spend more time than I ought to poking around reviews or looking at related products or people who looked at this also looked at that, right? People who bought this also looked at that. And I, I went exploring. And I learned, learned that there's such a thing as a quick connect. And there's a bunch of different kinds. And, but I learned about this because of the... The nozzles that I got, the nicer nozzles, the metal ones, came with a quick connect, but it was kind of a con because they only gave you half of one. But, so I had to look up the technology to understand what was going on. And uh, so what I learned is this is a system where you can have two separate water-bearing, water-transmitting things. And instead of taking one and screwing it into the other, you would have these attachments that would screw into either end and this really simple mechanism for you to just snap them together. So no unscrewing or rescrewing required. So I can actually not just snap out this nozzle, but I can also snap in the, the new, the weeder. So I modified the nozzle and I modified the weeder to attach to the modified hose. And I, I didn't screw around. There were, I, I remember my lesson from the nozzle. I remember plastic isn't trustworthy. And so I got, I got, well, it was aluminum, but it was it painted brass. Just people think that brass is a good idea for garden hoses. If you have brass in your, in anything related to your garden, please be aware that first off, none of that is drinking safe, like at all. Like, like, you got water that's been sitting in your hose for who knows how long, bacteria, right? So step one, even if you run your hose for a while, not good enough. Okay, so that's the first thing. The second is um, there may well be some lead in the process for brass and stuff like that. So don't, and I don't know what that does when you're spraying it on plants and stuff. So some people have some significant concerns. I don't right now. At any rate, at any rate, um, these were painted these were aluminum uh, painted brass just to fit in with the theme of everything else that's brass that's garden hose related and i got a bunch and i think i'm gonna buy another set just because the i think these are critically important so carry a spare so i will also have the ability to snap on and snap off between a nozzle and connecting it to like a lawn sprinkler of some kind, or maybe two different kinds. And I would just modify them so that I can just quick connect. And that's a perfect example of, in this case, it's spending money to improve a workflow, improve an experience. So now 
there's just one small annoyance less for me to get my butt out first thing in the morning and actually do some weeding. And it, it's actually joyous to be able to go, eh, pull that off, snap on the other one. And the thing is, read the comments for your products and understand the difference between an Ill, ineloquent and stupid purchaser who used the product wrong. And, and it might be really obvious they used it wrong. He's go and you look at the description for the product. And this person purchases it for some other thing. And they're like, well, I can't use this to do X. You look at the description. It's like, wow. And it's the wrong thing. And I'm reading the descriptions of, there's a lot of different kinds of garden hoses. There's a lot of different kinds of nozzles. There's a lot of different kinds of quick connect. So I'm reading through all this stuff and I just naturally gravitate towards comments. And so... Uh, sooner or later, you get these one-star reviews like, um, this nozzle leaks. And you'll get that a bunch of times. And I look at, and it's a theme. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, so there's like quality issues, right? Because there, there are certain, this is a physical mechanical thing. So there's a little bit of a size difference. There's a little bit of a wiggle. And uh, so I was reminded of, I think I talked about this before, didn't I, Minion? I talked about the pipe tape. Just briefly. Okay, so I'll talk about it at better length. Is I I didn't connect between my my understanding, however light it was, my understanding of plumbing and of all these gardening fixtures. It's all water-related stuff, and there's already plenty of of understanding in the plumbing side of stuff that also applies to the gardening side of stuff so all the things that people were talking about leaks that's because yes there there are tolerances and yes everybody it's a beautiful dream to have everything fit together and not leak but um you buy something that's fairly cheap or you don't or it's just it's different it's a little 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 different and it leaks because you got fairly significantly high pressure going through there and water finds a way water's real good at it but i applied plumber's tape i got plumber's tape with these quick necks and it was really wonderful and i i took it seriously i took my time because i knew I, I would be installing something for a long time and it would be outside so like i wrapped it and i was careful and i learned which way to wrap it around the threads so that when i was screwing it all together again it wouldn't like try to unwind the pipe tape and i even took the garden hose off of the side of the house and i pipe taped the outside of the house a little bit i screwed that on nicely but i also used uh, plumber's grease which and i and i used it quite liberally on everything everywhere that i could even on the outside of all this pipe tape so that one day later I could unscrew all this stuff and hopefully it wouldn't fuse together like my previous nozzle uh, did with its hose. That's what started all this. All of this mess was, uh, we had a perfectly fine garden hose with a perfectly fine nozzle that was just welded together over the years. And I wanted this weed attachment and I spent the money not knowing what the heck I was doing. I mean. I took a leap of faith on this. I bought the better thing, and I uh, it happened to pay it paid off incredibly well. But I 
I needed to be able to attach it to a hose. So I had to buy a new hose and then I had to buy a new nozzle because I couldn't reuse the old nozzle. And I had my learning experience with the nozzle and decided on quick connect because it wanted to be lazy. And then it reminded me about using pipe tape and I did more research and I learned about plumber's grease and, and it just cascaded into all of these different opportunities to <laughs> spend more money, but opportunities to learn more things and to improve everything. And so now where I am with the gardening stuff, partly is kind of like stories. I can, I can talk about this stuff and have a little bit of expertise so I can actually give bad advice, but I can give advice to other, other people. So I can, I can talk with a friend who's thinking about this kind of stuff. I can say, Hey, here's what I have right now. You totally got, just get the same stuff. You'll be as happy as I am. And that's probably, maybe that friend uh, doesn't have time, interest, isn't like me and doesn't want to go do, learn all this stuff. And they'll just mimic me and they'll be happy. And I want my friend to be happy. So I happen to learn this stuff. Now I can share with everyone I know. And uh, because I've gone through all this work right now and going forward, hopefully for years, um, I now have a fantastic setup, but also a fantastic setup that I feel like I have invested my personal interest and effort into. And so every time I go out there to use these things, it's a little bit joyous because, I mean, I did this. I made this. I learned this. It's like if you build your own deck, right? If, if you renovate your own house, every time you're sitting in that room that you renovated, that you converted from this into that, every time you use that space, every time you use that object that you made yourself, that you fixed yourself, every time you get, also get this follow-up, this spirit that comes with it that will reward you every time you use it, right? So you, in my particular case, you know, I'm kind of like landscaping by hand. And this means that hopefully during the process, I will begin feeling this uh, experience of, of something when I'm in that space. It will have a kind of, like I've talked before about the idea of ritualization of investing in objects that are associated with something positive that you want in your life, like the hydration discussion, where uh, I would say you would want to ritualize it and you would want to have possibly an expensive, an expensive cup of some sort or, or something uh, hard to find this kind of stuff. And that would enhance your experience of, of drinking water. And you would tie it to all kinds of stuff, like a particular time of day or, or whatever. And maybe gardening would be kind of the, the same thing, where the landscaping that I'm doing to renovate that backyard adds to my experience of returning to that space and actually relaxing under it, right? So because of the way morning light comes in for a lot of that yard, I'm thinking about, well, what if I put up a gazebo? Because I had been researching umbrellas, but you got to take umbrellas down when it gets windy and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, well, how do I cast a shadow on purpose? And I'm trying to figure out what that would do with anything I plant. So um, I'm thinking about space. I'm thinking about, well, do I have like an awning? 
and there's all these really interesting little like easy to pop up tents and they're kind of expensive so i was looking at one and it's it folds around like an umbrella really weird and then you kind of unfold it in one direction and then you 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 pull one half over the other and then you take the inner spoke and you poke it up and it kind of pops up into a shape and it's it has no parts there's no assembly <laughs> you just kind of do this unfolding and it goes boink into this structure and it's got like some velcro ties so you can keep some of the fabric down on the uh on the poles properly but it's 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 done it's assembled it's one piece it it's it was amazing to see and i'm interested in this one place because it just had this this one company and this one product because they had a really well presented video showing all this stuff explaining it and and it was just cute it was fun and i go to the next company over and they have like this this bland dumb video like you know what it might cost more but i i want to reward one of these made in america really well presented well sold product like they care like they cared about their product page so they don't have typos duh and uh, i will pay more money for that to invest in to reward them for that uh, but the the thing so i could actually haul out this this shoulder bag and really quickly assemble this thing and that means that i would have shade and i would get to experience more of the morning cool avoiding the sun which i don't like um and maybe get like a lawn chair and and just chill out there and read and or work on my book or something and i would be out there for for one hour in the morning after doing my gardening that would be my chill out time my muscles would kind of relax and it's part of my my morning experience part of the morning lark experience that you that you cannot do like you can't have the morning cool in the evening it's a different thing at night and most people are doing other stuff winding down to go to bed but i get to like i get to go to sleep early and, and stop experiencing the heat because they'll be unconscious and i get to wake up early and i get to enjoy this entire new world where the dogs are asleep the birds are asleep the insects are asleep and i'll be out there and the sun is just coming up and i i'm in a a yard that i landscaped i'm around gardens that i planted i'm under a little structure that i bought that I put there on purpose. And I've got a bunch of other stuff. You know, I've got my glass of water. I've got my laptop with my book, or I've got my e-reader, or I've got, right? Or I'm just sitting there with an actual proper traditional book, or I'm just lying there, right? You know, I've got an alarm there, and hey, maybe I just, I, I did my gardening. I want to just take a nap. <laughs> I'm tired. I want to take a nap. And you use an alarm clock traditionally which i don't recommend but you can you can laze around and just and that's an experience you can't have under under any other condition like you could not experience that coming home from work being stressed coming home from work it would be different but you can waking up so um i'm i'm interested to know what it would be like how it would feel pursuing all these things like figuring out shade from the sun 
I would like to do. Maybe I'll just get a big umbrella that can tilt and then and put that there. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. But I do want to protect myself from the sun just to give me a little bit more, more time out there in the morning. But also because I'm wondering, I want to motivate myself to be out there in the afternoon more and more. So even, even on the hot days, and it's my yard. I can go out there in my yard in the, in the most brutal heat. But I'm how far away from my house? I'm how far away from my shower? Like, I'm not going to die. So maybe having an umbrella uh, and, or something, and then coming out and being in the shade of my house, you know, in the right angle, I'll put a chair there in the right shadowy space. I'll have an umbrella and I'll sit under it. Maybe that will help me get used to more and more of that kind of heat in a, in a nice, comfortable environment. Because I'm thinking about that stuff too. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to make a permanent installation, but that would be interesting to do, like a, a deck. Um, partly because we have some weird concerns, like we've got we've got air conditioning in the house, so we've got that big box with the fan on on top out the side of the house, and so some stuff is like that's in the way and that's loud and that's blowing hot air. So I can't exactly put a deck. I can't put a gazebo over top of that because. Because it would just be blowing hot air up into the roof of it, um, and I can't—I don't think I want to build a deck around it, for example, uh, and around the sides of the house. You, you might have concerns about bedrooms or something like that that have bedroom windows. So I don't want to be out there at like four in the morning on a deck that's next to somebody's bedroom, because that's just as bad as being in the kitchen, um, pacing around or or cooking or something. So I don't think I can build anything permanent. I don't know where I could put the tent gazebo umbrella of some sort. So I'm thinking about these things. But uh, yeah, so that's been on my mind for forever, forever, for years now, looking at this yard, this wreck of a yard. Um, so uh, I want to quickly talk about Danish schools. One of the interests of mine is the notion of like nobody, your childhood was bad. Whoever you are that's listening to this, your childhood was not, was, was bad. It was not optimized for the, there was no 20% time put in to making your life better than the next person's, better than the previous generation. It, it, you weren't raised right. That's because we don't understand how to optimize that. So we, we try to iteratively improve education as a start. And there's only so much you can do. And it's really supposed to be in the parents' hands to raise their children. Like it really has to be. So I've always wondered about the idea of resetting myself and raising myself from, from youth again, with that youthful perspective of, you know, of realizing that I don't know everything being committed, taking that to heart, and then rediscovering everything, like learning to play again in, in the way that I can. You know, go and getting some, some Play-Doh and some markers and coloring books, learning a little bit of the art that I could be more adult about it. I could, I could call it clay. I could call it watercolors. I don't have to finger paint. I mean, I could, and just learn these things and then raise myself. So 
pardon the expression, but you can imagine that that it that it is a born again experience in the sense of adulthood. So I could actually raise myself a second time. I've always wondered about this notion, and um, and so I've, I've I pay attention whenever I bump into stuff on topics similar to this. Learning a skill is is in the thing. So I'll pay attention to people talking about learning skills or stuff like that. And I bumped into one of these YouTube videos where it's uh, talking about Danish schools. And I believe it's Denmark. And what's interesting about that place is they had a a failing, limping school system with uh, unhappy, poorly educated, badly tested kids like it it was bad it was bad and it took in no time it got better until they're one of the best rated schools in i'm sure i could say the world like their education system and it's a small country so it's not like they poured the wealth of a hundred years of of like selling oil that they poured that kind of wealth into snapping their fingers and making education better by throwing money at it. Usually throwing money at it doesn't help. Just like you're not going to get a computer that's faster by throwing money at your hardware and getting better hardware. Problem is software. In school, the problem isn't the money for everything. It's pro- I mean, it, money is necessary for a lot of stuff, so it's kind of a problem. But the problem is technique is philosophy and what they did was well they had about the same budget as every other school everywhere in the world and it you know it's it's this much money per student right and they put that together and that that pays for everything and that pays they, they figure out the buildings and they figure out so they did one thing which is it is illegal for any school to raise money in any way. It is all funded by tax. So they can't ask parents for money for anything. Um, There is nothing that costs anything associated with the school. Their lunches are paid for. They're free. Um, Their art supplies are free. Their their trips for school, if there are any, because I don't know how they work, would be free, would be paid for. There's no concept of money there for any part of it Uh, so there's no there's no private schooling basically right because they're not allowed to charge money for stuff Uh, and all schools every single school without exception every neighborhood has the exact same funding the exact same class subject scheduling the exact everything and so this particular video was, it was like uh, interviewing people and, and interviewing some parents. And the parents are like, oh, no, we, we didn't shop around to move for our kids for a school somewhere. Like, we, that, that's not a thing. That's not a thing in that country anymore, at least. Because all the schools are so rigidly uh, standardized that the parents can shop for neighborhoods, for houses, for employment, for for something else. And the school, wherever they go, anywhere in the country, anywhere, it's going to be good. It's going to be the same good as the other one as the other one. So 
they were confused at the idea of like thinking about their kids school when they're moving when they were moving with their kids it's like no we we moved for our work and we settled someplace else and the their kids you know kids with friends and stuff like that are your concerns and this kind of stuff but their everything else was was just so and they were doing like walk like they never commented on it once but they were doing walkthroughs of the schools and they were, there was filming where they're talking to students and stuff like that but me in the audience i got to look through that at the structure of the school at the look of the class at the class sizes at how people are settled in how things work man the, these schools look rich seriously just beautiful and clean huge and uh, not institutional they look like fine libraries They've got, you know, big winding staircases, multiple floors, huge open spaces, perfect lighting, you know, uh, comfortable classrooms, not too many students in a kind of open, maybe a circular pattern. It, it's, it's, it's utterly, I mean, it's a foreign country, right? So it was, it's foreign, but they had the exact same money as when you calculate the costs for, you know, for New York, for Toronto, for, right? They were working with the same amount of money. And boy, were all the schools that I've ever seen everywhere else in Canada and the United States, either through document uh, documentaries or um, film or people talking on the internet or blog posts or whatever, they're, they're terrible. They're just terrible. All my experiences were fairly, like, institutional. It was boring boring buildings with kind of you have concrete and metal and everything is like solid and long lasting and simple and it, right but looking at their schools wow and they they start school with 20 hours a week they start school at seven uh i started at I think I started at three, started school at three. Maybe that explains a lot. And so they start at, at seven and start with 20 hours a week and they gently move it up. And I think they, they I think they might get to, I can't remember, but it wasn't 40 hours a week. Um, and they have basically no homework at all. The idea is gone. They, some of them might have me 10 to 20 minutes of homework that they might not even do and that's it and they're done and so they they you imagine when they're young enough that it's 20 hours a week and plus they have lunch there plus they have recess and stuff lots of sports lots of whatever and a lot of it is physical and outside and fun um and yeah and the insides are they have all kinds of stuff. It was beautiful. It was beautiful to learn about this. Um, this other philosophy of education that was actually enacted by smart people who really cared, and it all came out, and it came out really, really well. Maybe it's culturally bound, so it applies to them, of their people. But, uh, but it, I think a lot of these ideas I would love to see in... I mean, I'm not a teacher, 
I think a lot of us kind of educate when we can other people who are interested, but it's not the same as being an institutionalized government paid person. Um, but it was really wonderful to learn about this stuff just uh, the other night. So, Minion, is this our next break that's coming up? Yes. And yeah, we'll okay, do it so, now. Yeah, we're going to take a break. We're going to be back in a bit. Off right? your... Yes. <laughs> Might as well have a break since you just st stopped your trailing of thought. Yes. So, we'll be on break. We'll be right back after this timer. See you soon. I'm back. So I've got a bunch of administrative I want to talk about. You were saying that you wanted to step away and get a snack. You good for that? I'm just going to have munch on potato chips. Oh, you just brought something back? Okay. No, I already had a bag folded in my room. Okay, so... Um... But if we're talking about Astrovia, I can't really eat these. <laughs> well, okay, so I'll, 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 I'll monologue. Um, so I like that we have opening music. It, it, the playlist idea is working out. I like having variety there. We need to have something during the the break timer so that uh, we've just got something interesting in the background. So that um, the... So like just like talk just like you call some mega corporation and they put you on hold with elevator music a piece of your brain doesn't necessarily listen for a person talking it might listen for the music ending so having for for people that come back early if they do take a break at all and maybe have the the browser window minimized or whatever the heck so they're doing other stuff the they might enjoy the music while they're doing something else. And that might be a better cue for them, for them wanting to return their attention. So for us to come back. Um, so having music during a break might be very, very valuable. And I still, I still have noted, maybe I should consider some cat videos or something. That'd be kind of adorable and stuff for people that, are desk bound and don't actually step away during the breaks. Um, so yeah, break music is cool. Um, I'm actually also, I don't know that it's really possible cause I don't remember seeing anything like this in OBS, but the switching between scenes, I believe there are effects for that. I don't remember offhand cause I don't do that. So I don't do fade transitions or anything like that. Um, and I don't remember properly. But I'm wondering if there's audio fading so that we can go from music being played, fading fading out to nothing so that it's not a harsh cut between the music and uh, the, the continuing show so that it's, it's less jarring. Um, and I don't know how to do that. So I'm going to make a note of that. Um, maybe I'll research that because you still have, like, you're still working on everything normal, <laughs> everything that's out there. So other stuff like, uh, I see you added, you edited all of the different descriptions for all the videos, which is adorable. You're going to have to end up doing it again and probably again and again 
So there might be better tools for you to do mass updating like that. Um, for example, when in the description, you didn't put HTTP colon slash slash. So the reference to a website is not clickable. And that's the, okay. So that's the sort of the sort of thing that has to just look better. But the, in order to not waste time, the description has to be examined for the competition. And it, it's not necessarily competition for anything, but the attention of listeners is time. And so the, the other people out there form something like a, a common denominator of some sort. So they are a goal to be, to be sought, to be reached for. So descriptions do need to be updated for, for sure, but they should be updated to a standard set by people that are actually successful. So it can't be plain. It can't be you know, boring. It has to give all the right kind of information. Of note, um, I did get, I had some really dumb, I had, there's like technical speak for how the, how website services work. So it's the tie-in between the domain name. So like example.com is the domain name. And there's detailed information in there that helps a person browse from that into the server that a person might pay for totally separately. And there's, there's connecting information, configuration of example.com. I had one for lucidindifference.com that didn't work. And I had made no difference, no changes whatsoever. But there's really weird DNS zone stuff where you can be like, well, go to this server if a person is surfing, go to this surfer server if a person's using email, go to... And it can be like different hosting providers and all kinds of really wacky stuff. And it's complicated and dumb. And that's why I never looked at it. But for some reason, the configurations changed and broke everything. Like hard, just broke everything. And so visiting the site made it act as though there was nothing there. And that's weird. So I don't remember doing that myself because I don't really know how to do that myself. So I fixed it. So now we've got it, and I just had it redirect to the main page on YouTube, which maybe that's not the right thing to do, but that's the way it's done now. And when you figure out what you want to do, then I will make the change until you're grown up enough that, that it would be a 20% time thing to do for me to physically hand over the legal ownership of that to you for management, even if you don't know how or don't need to do anything to update it at all, ever just so that I have offloaded that responsibility. And I can advise on stuff to do, like if you wanted to set up hosting or set up like a blog or something like that. I know how to do that. I know how to help. But uh, so for now, it, it's up and running. It's redirecting. It's working. Um, it will need to be linked in the description, but I, it's a huge amount of time to go through and update every single description until you know what you want to do. So go look at other people. Go look at what they do. And the same is going to be true for titles for videos. So right now there is a weird, inconsistent, ugly theme happening where it's just like words or something like that. So 
probably has to be certain words, maybe like bolding certain words, which I hate, and then putting like pipe lucid indifference or something like this so that the name is also searchable and is also in the titles so that people can add the phrase of some topic and then our name and they'll find that through us a lot easier. So naming everything consistently, naming everything after the date but and putting hyphens in between the numbers or having, you know, maybe not having the date first so that it's easier to see. It'd be like lucid indifference, podcast number, whatever, uh, and then the date, like comma, the date. And because that's unimportant, so you can push it off to the right-hand side, and it probably won't be visible in the recommended uh, videos and stuff like that if it's, if it's in one of those constrained space areas. Uh, YouTube will just chop off the end. So you, you push your less important stuff over there, and people that are interested might mouse over and, and see the full name pop up. Stuff like this. So updating titles is... Um, is not a 20% thing. It is an extremely urgent, important thing. So it's something that, I mean, you can, going forward, make it better now and then improve everything else later, rename everything else later. Renaming is really easy. Descriptions is kind of annoying, but... Um, yeah, so that's another thing to improve. Um, I do, I want to talk about the the previous episode. So the previous episode... Um, I believe it was the previous episode. Man, things happen so fast. Things are blending together. Um, and I had the webcam audio going instead of my microphone because at one point I rebooted and the default audio device got changed. And a lot of my software was just going, well, default, you use default instead of that particular thing. And so I had to learn the audio engineering to actually do cleanup of the show for last episode. And uh, I, I will we'll have it released in full tomorrow, but I had to learn how to do all kinds of audio treatment. I think it turned out remarkably good. I'm not going to do a before and after, like some behind-the-scenes thing or not. I, I don't... That, this, that's work. <laughs> Um, and I'm not necessarily going to make like a tutorial on what I did. I could, we're not popular enough for that to be for, for that, for doing that kind of work to pay off. Like if that were a request, I probably still wouldn't do it until we're like, uh, popular enough that that would appeal to a larger number of people. Right. So. Okay, so what what's next? We have a bunch of other videos from before we started the actual podcast, and I hinted at it in the first segment. When we were running our, our first tests, I kind of had things recorded, and as we were discussing topics and all this other bland stuff, all that bland stuff would not have made for good shows at all, even after the fact. So like we, we have them, so we could upload them now since we know how to do that. We know how to upload we can't do that because those are all administrivia. And then later they become random discussion about stuff that's not in the theme of everything else that we're doing right now. So 
that stuff w could not have we would not air that stuff that that um, that doesn't fit with the theme but there's stuff around the outside there's still some like administrivia that's interesting there's still some motivational stuff that's interesting that i'm still going through and there's all of well there's six recordings of those although one for some reason got mixed together and it's on a different day and everything's a little confusing at any rate there's a lot of stuff to go through so there's a lot of kind of missing episodes that i'm i'm walking through carefully and i'm clipping out and I'm tidying up that will get uploaded in time uh, over time, I guess I should say. And one of the, the things about YouTube is uh, as far as anybody can tell, YouTube will never announce videos that you upload if you upload more than three, right? And more than three do. And when that is like, like more than three from what hours in the day to what hours in the day, I don't think people quite know yet. Um, so at no point would I suggest uploading like all of them all at once, cause that would be kind of dumb, but it might, they might come, they might trickle out either as replacements for clips for upcoming recent shows, uh, or they might be like the second, second and third videos that get uploaded later that day or something like that. So there's, there's additional content, a surprising amount that's kind of not out there yet. And speaking of content, it turns out to be really stressful for me and really difficult to get everything from a live show ready for clipping and, and uploading the day after. So we've offset things so that the live stuff happens in the same schedule. So Wednesdays and Sundays, and yet the, uh, that's live and that gets, broadcast live then it's done then it doesn't get seen and that live gets will be rebroadcast after the next live show so the particular like what i am talking into now episode 12 that will be put up on youtube uh not the day before next show would be uh saturday but the day after next show which would be Monday. And that what that offset means is I I will uh, not have a clip preview for that show tomorrow. Um, I will have other leftover clips for a, a previous show maybe. I will I'm going to figure out how to better arrange things and I'm probably just going to pad with content from the last episodes. And uh that should and just offset things so that i have more time to actually do uploads um i'm not it's not in my head right now so i'm i'm thinking about that i'm kind of full and tired but i'll figure that out so that we have some consistency this will be the first real uh, schedule adjustment since we actually started this like as far as i can tell it's in may that we started Oh, I can actually, um, nope, in June, actually, is the uh, second week of June that we started, which is a little, which is actually pretty recent, right? We've been doing this for um, two months and nine days. So congratulations to us. And like, it, 
like I'm trying to think there like young relationships have like is it the two month or the three month anniversary something weird like that which is adorable so anyhow so that is that scheduling thing is being figured out what else is there um oh man for the longest time so what happens for audio recording for narration or or even singing or anything is what you do is uh, you record some amount of silence at the beginning of your your recording so you you would step into like a recording booth or whatever you would open up your mic and start recording but not talk into it everybody else doesn't make extra sound and what this does is this creates a it generates a segment of audio that is essentially recording just the background and this background is stuff that you don't want listenable um, during your uh, regular like for this podcast for example we don't want you to hear uh, certain background hums background noises oh, and so what we would do is we would set up and record a, a silence an area of silence and it's the dumbest mistake but what we've been doing is recording under circumstances where i am not talking obviously but how i talk is uh activity related so i'm only recording the background noise when i'm talking so literally up to this point no proper noise removal was being done at all so uh minion's got a microphone that may or may not be open and that has changed from episode to episode from right now he's muted because he's eating chips but the and so being able to pull out background noise may or may not actually involve him or may just be a, i might have been doing noise removal that removed nothing so so from here on, hopefully the audio can be cleaned up a little bit better, even better, because I'm going to be A, doing proper noise removal, and B, going through and performing the audio cleanup stuff that I learned uh, to help webcam audio. I'll use that, that knowledge to clean up regular mic audio. And I won't be... Uh, I won't be doing everything like the same as when I was doing the audio cleanup for webcam because there are certain extremes that I had to go through for the webcam that I won't have to for a proper mic, which is one of the reasons you buy a proper mic. You, things sound good by default and you don't have to do all this weird audio cleanup. But it is possible, and a lot of people do this, it is possible to correct or alter voices. And oh, I lost my train of thought. Anyhow, on to something else. I think I'm pretty much out of stuff to talk about, which is kind of unfortunate. Um, here is where we would go to questions. Oh, we did have. Do you want to just call day. it or just use the um, comment we had? On use the YouTube. what? Would you like to call it or we'll just use the comment to talk about or talk about the comment we had, we had on a YouTube clip? I, I don't know that I can because it's it's highly politicized. Um, I mean, is the, it is exactly what politics is to, to, to talk about 
that particular topic. And so uh, how was it given to us? Was it given as a YouTube comment? Like, did they email us or something? Yeah, it's a YouTube comment. Okay, so, um, I mean, I'll try to be polite about it, but send me, like, Discord me that link, to a link to that, either the episode or to the particular comment, if you know how to do that. And I'll go, and I'll read it, and I'll try to understand it and think about it. And I'll give, give a... I do, then we'll just do it next time. Right now I'm not signed in and on to that. Well, no, I'm, I'm probably not going to respond to it properly, but I'll explain why I wouldn't respond to it. But uh, it's not, I don't think it's proper content for the actual show. Okay. And I certainly wouldn't discuss it in YouTube comments or anything like that either. Mm. So, so I, I'm sure we're going to get plenty of that because I, maybe I skirt the edges of some really deep, challenging topics. I mean, I mean, I talked about what it is to be an adult, right? So that's yeah, that that's one. Grown I think it talk. was. Sorry, that's the one I was thinking about. Um... Oh well, then I I already. Oh, okay. It was just a comment. Yeah, I mean. Oh, I okay. Was, then never I'm... mind. Then yeah, I'm not, I'm being hilarious. I didn't see the comment on that or your comment. Oh, because because you when we during during shows were talking about stuff, you brought up a totally different idea. So I don't think I've seen that comment. So if you can find it uh, and in the future, in the future, if there is anything interesting, because remember, I'm, I'm a subscriber to that YouTube channel. So I'll see uploads, but I can't see anybody commenting on anything anywhere. I don't know when that happens. And early on, it might be rather important to um, really be on top of people commenting. Um, and when that that maturation happens and you're on top of everything um, wow i'm really fading out okay. okay so so when when you're you need to be on top of stuff when you have a small user base you can really keep them engaged um and you just aren't able to do that when you have a lot a lot of subscribers which is really annoying to to notice um so when and because i can't be on top of comments like i'll probably visit videos a, a day or two after and just go through comments and make and that'll give me an opportunity to just write some stuff or steal them as ideas to talk about but for all, all the other videos like that haven't been that i haven't looked at in a week and somebody comes along and comments on it oh it's important to ha to follow up on that comment either in a show and try to prompt them to come into the show to hear the answer or to come back and be a subscriber or to come back and watch the episode where maybe I'll clip it for them or, or tell me about the comment and I'll read it and try to respond. Like, we need a way for you to get that stuff to me. And probably the easiest way is you'll get a notification. Maybe you're set up to do email. Maybe it's it's in the drop-down box, the notification tab. There's every time I YouTube. sign in, which is pretty much every second there. So I'll check and I'll, there's a notification on YouTube where it'll let me know if there's comments or if it's been commented on since we're rather small. Sure. That I can um, easily and... check and make a note on. Yeah, sooner or later, you're going to have to be really on top of that. 
Um, that's going to be. Yeah, uh, let's be... call it now then, since you're fading. Uh, okay, so we're going to be done. We're going to be back on uh, next Sunday. Hopefully, we'll have some more clips out and stuff like that. So we'll see you all then. Uh, we've got a schedule up on Twitch, and you can always find us at lucidindifference.com. Thank you for listening. Bye.